20 questions, exercises for a healthy spiritual life. We are in week five of this uh, six weeks uh, study and, and a series of sermons. Uh, some of you I know have been do- working uh, through the community group guide. Some of you have been doing the devotional guide, and I'm hoping that those resources have been helpful to you uh, this Lenten season. Uh, good tools to help you grow in your own spiritual life. Last week, we talked about uh, uh, an important question, kind of meddling in everybody's life, including my own. Do we grumble and complain about others? We passed out 600 of these things, so you all took them. I don't know if you're wearing them now. I'm thinking we probably have some sore wrists uh, after this past week, but hopefully they were a good reminder to you uh, that we're working on not complaining about other people so much. Today, we turn our attention to uh, another question is kind of a, a meddling question. Is there someone that I have yet to forgive? Well, let us begin with prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've said this before. I'll say it again, I'm sure. But I am a lucky and blessed person. For nine and a half years now, I've been blessed to pastor the best church in our annual conference. And I truly believe that, and I am just grateful for that. Thank you. I'll clap for you all. I'm just grateful for that. I mean, you all have been so kind to me and to my family, so good to us, that I can't help but be grateful, and, and I don't take it for granted, because I know that not all... Churches are as healthy as this one. I think back to my days as a district superintendent, how much time I spent in churches that weren't that healthy, where people misbehaved a lot. And well, how would I describe it? Their sins were ever before them. It was difficult at times. And, and sometimes that's pastoral ministry. And In those situations, I remember the scripture where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And so I'd always try to respond with some grace. And of course, grace brings with it truth and truth telling. But it also brings forgiveness and newness of life. But that was those churches, not here. I mean, we've been blessed to in this church. We're a healthy church and we have not had to expend a lot of energy dealing with emotional stuff and brokenness within us, which means we've been able to to focus on other things, more important things, making a difference in this community. And we've done a lot. We've done a whole lot. I have a lot of energy for ministry. I do. And some of you have even said that to me. You have a lot of energy. And I suppose in part that's because of just who I am. I just am a person with a lot of energy. But I also take pretty good care of myself, and that's part of why. And it's also because I'm serving a church where we don't have to expend all that emotional energy dealing with brokenness, looking inside of ourselves. We can focus on other things. And and there's another reason why I think I have a lot of energy. I've, well, I'm getting better at letting go of stuff particularly brokenness, that kind of stuff. I'm getting better at letting go of, you know, pain and brokenness. I mean, we all know, we've been, along, been alive long enough to know 
that nobody's perfect. People say things and they do things that can hurt us. And sometimes people say things and do things that hurt us pretty badly. The wounds can go run pretty deep. And it takes a lot of energy to carry that stuff around with us. A whole lot of energy. I remember a, a very wise woman named Marge telling me once, Pastor David, just because somebody says something doesn't make it, make it true. And we know that to be the case. But she also said, and you don't have to pick up everything everyone says. You can just leave it there. I'm getting better at doing that. Although, sometimes people say things and do things and we can't help it. We pick it up. We can't help it. We pick it up. And some of those things, well, they're little. And I've gotten pretty good at setting those things down pretty quickly. Some of those things are kind of medium-sized. I hang on to them a little longer, but I'm getting better at putting those things down and doing so fairly quickly. Some of those things are pretty big, and they're the heaviest to carry, but they're also the hardest to put down. And I'm working on putting those things down pretty quickly, too, because it just takes a lot of energy to carry them around. And I just as soon have that energy to go to something else, something a little bit better. And, of course, what I'm talking about when I talk about putting it down is forgiveness. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy to forgive. And there's a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness. I mean, some people think that forgiveness is a sign of weakness. I think if you want to carry this stuff around thinking that that makes you strong, go ahead. Go ahead. But in my experience, it takes great strength to put them down. And it takes even more strength to leave them there after you put them down. You know, because whatever it is that somebody's done to you, something's going to happen that's going to remind you of it. And when you're reminded of it, it's so easy to want to go pick it back up again and carry it a little longer. It takes a lot of strength to leave it there once you've set it down. Ah, oh, no, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of great strength to be able to forgive. Some people think that forgiveness, if you forgive somebody, you've accepted what they have done. And that's not it at all. That's not it at all. We forgive what we're not willing to accept. Forgiveness is us saying, I am not going to accept this thing hurting me any longer. I'm not going to let it keep hurting me. And so we set it aside. Now, forgiveness is something Jesus talked about a lot. If you read through the, the scriptures, he talked about it often. It's interesting when we kind of study the history of forgiveness. That prior to Jesus, the common wisdom of the day was that people were not able to forgive. That was something only God could do. And so people believed that it was their responsibility to judge. Leave the forgiving to God. Jesus' teaching 
marked a significant change in how people thought about it. He turned that kind of inside out and upside down when he said, no, judge not lest you be judged. And he said, forgive, forgive. And we know why. I mean, we can judge somebody and still be carrying this around with us. And Jesus' message was one of freedom. It was one of freedom and of healing. And the only way to be free is to let it go, to forgive. Forgiveness is a spiritual practice. Now, you may not think of it in this way, but it is. It's a spiritual practice. We have a lot of spiritual practices. The goal of a spiritual practice is to draw us closer to God and to each other. And forgiveness is one of those practices that draws us closer to God and to each other. We have spiritual practices like prayer, like reading the Bible, like giving. And forgiveness is a spiritual practice like that. Jesus once asked, was asked by his disciples, how often do I forgive? Seven times? Remember his response? No, seven times, 70. Forgiveness isn't something that you choose to do sometimes. It's how we live as Christians. It's a way of living. It's a way of being in this world to be forgiving. It's a spiritual practice. And as a spiritual practice, it's no wonder that Jesus talks about it in his Sermon on the Mount at the same time that he's talking about a whole bunch of other spiritual practices. He talks about fasting. He talks about giving. He talks about praying. And he talks about forgiving. All spiritual practices. Upon being prompted, he, he talks about prayer and he teaches a simple prayer. Remember that prayer? We prayed it already today. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The Lord's Prayer, that simple prayer, powerful prayer. We hallow God's name. We praise God. We pray for a provision for our daily bread. We pray for strength to be able to resist temptation. We pray that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray for forgiveness. Forgive us our sins. And if the prayer stopped there, we'd be pretty cool with it. That'd be good. Just forgive us, God. But Jesus' phrase doesn't end there. Forgive us ours as we forgive others theirs. Now, the way we recite it, we say the word trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That word seems a little tamer, a little more easy to accept. But don't be mistaken. He's talking about sin. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I hear that and I think, how? You mean, forgive me as I forgive the guy down the road who... Forgive me as I forgive the person who lied about me and slandered me? Forgive me as I forgive the person who cheated me and stole from me? Forgive me as I forgive the person who bad-talked me and undermined me? Forgive me 
as I forgive the person who abused me, who hurt me? Yeah, I just think, ow. And then, just to make certain we don't miss the point, Jesus adds another phrase after the prayer. He explains one phrase of the prayer, only one. And, of course, the one phrase that he explains has to do with forgiveness. And he says, if, if you forgive others, God will forgive you. And then he says, if you do not forgive others, God will not forgive you. Now, that one really hurts. I mean, it sounds like Jesus is saying that God's forgiveness is contingent on us. Sounds like he's saying God's forgiveness is contingent on us forgiving others. And, and that's kind of what he's saying, but not exactly. Remember, that's just one verse of a lot of verses about forgiveness in the Bible. We also hear in the scripture that if, that if we repent of our sins, if we come before God in confession, we repent of our sins, God is faithful and just, and God will forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God forgives us. So what is Jesus talking about when he said, talking to the disciples? These are people who are following Jesus. These are people who would one day be called Christians. He was talking to people like us, people who are following Jesus, people who are Christians, people who have accepted the invitation into the kingdom of God, trying to live a kingdom of God kind of life. And in the kingdom of God, forgiveness is a way of living. It's a way of living. In the kingdom, forgiveness is a benefit and it's a responsibility. It's a benefit in that we receive it from God. In the kingdom, it's also a responsibility in that we offer it to others. And what Jesus is saying is that as followers of his, we cannot live our lives with one foot in the kingdom, wanting the benefits of it, and one foot in this world, refusing to, re to forgive somebody else. You're in the kingdom. So you live a kingdom life. We receive, we give. Forgiveness is how we live and move and breathe in this kingdom. There's a little bit more to it than that. A little bit more to it than that. Because it's also very hard to accept God's forgiveness. When we got our hands full of brokenness. It's really hard to put our hand in Jesus' hand, to draw near to him. When our hands are full of this kind of stuff. And so Jesus says, forgive, forgive. It's freeing. It draws us nearer to God. Forgive. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we? Forgive. I think it's important to remember what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is releasing somebody from judgment. You know, somebody harms you, you have a right to judge that. It's releasing them from judgment. It's saying you don't need anything from them. You release them from the judgment that they are owed. It's saying that this thing that happened will not define your life. It will not have power in your life because you're going to set it down. You're going to release it. You're going to let it go. It's 
freeing up our hands so that we can live a free life. Forgiveness is not something that it, well, it's not a feeling we have. It's a decision, a choice that we make. For waiting to feel like forgiving somebody who hurt us, we might wait a really long time. It's not a feeling that we have to have. It's a choice that we make. A choice to say, I'm not going to carry this stuff anymore. I'm not going to allow it to keep impacting my life anymore. I'm going to set it down and let it go. It's a choice that we make. There are practices that help us, kind of prepare us to forgive. Practices that can be helpful. One of those is to clarify what was done. To be clear on it. We have the ability to take a small thing that happened and turn it into something big. You know, turning a molehill into a mountain. We have that ability. And so we got to clarify, be certain on what it is. We also have the ability to do the opposite. Take something that happened that was really big and say it wasn't that big of a deal. Turn a mountain into a molehill. We can do either of those. But to be able to forgive requires some clarity on what really happened. So let's just say that somebody named Bubba. We got any Bubbas here? I want to make sure I'm not talking about anybody. Okay, no Bubbas here. So somebody named Bubba did something to hurt me, passed a lie around about me. So in clarifying, I think, what did Bubba do, really? Well, in the end, no matter what I might have wanted to add or subtract from his actions, in the end, what he really did was he just told a lie. That's what he did. So that's what I have to forgive. Then I can hold Bubba up to the light of God. I mean, people don't hurt other people without it coming from someplace in their own life. we got to remember that when somebody hurts us, that says a whole lot more about them than it does about us. How it is that, or what it is we do with that says a whole lot about us. Okay. But what it is that they did says a whole lot about them. We can hold them up to the light of Christ and ask, what is it about this person's life that would cause them to act in this kind of way? And then in holding them up to the light of Christ, we can say a prayer for them. We can ask, what would Jesus want for their lives? And of course, Jesus is going to want healing for their lives, just as Jesus would want healing for ours. And so we can pray for that healing to come to that person's life so they don't do this to, to anybody else or to me, for that matter. Again, we can then hold our own lives up to the light of Christ. And we can say, what do you want for my life, Jesus? And he wants that healing. He wants that freedom. He wants us to set that down so that we have energy to do things that are more productive, that bring us greater joy, to forgive. And so we make the choice to forgive. Important to remember, in making that choice to forgive, the temptation will come to pick it back up again. So you may have to remind yourself not to pick it up. eventually the temptation goes away, you are free.
spree. John Wesley, in his 20 questions, asks us, is there someone you have yet to forgive? Some burden you are carrying because of something somebody has done to you. It's weighing you down. It's weighing you down. So maybe, maybe now is the time to make the choice to let it go and to be free. When we do, what we find is we can put our hand in Jesus' hand. We can receive so much more of what God is offering. And we draw ever nearer to our God. I'm just thinking the more we forgive, the better. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen.